All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. afternoon everybody thank you for joining us here another episode of dropping the gloves thank you for joining us here after a long weekend for myself tim took friday off it was fantastic threw the kids in the van big time road trip drove all the way around lake michigan all the way around it was a very fun trip but we're back it's monday beautiful day may is upon us may 8th when i left tim the toronto maple leafs Their future looked bright. The Florida Panthers were coming off a huge high of just pulling off the greatest upset in sports history, defeating the President's Trophy Boston Bruins, who everybody thought pretty much had their name etched on the cup. Like it was all a formality. Just play the games and they're going to win. Somehow the Bruins blow that. And we were moving on to the second round without the Boston Bruins. That's when I left. Fast forward, Tim, four days, it's a totally different landscape. But before we jump into the hockey talk, how are you doing? Because I know you've been a little bit down. You're a big Boston Bruins fan. I don't know if everybody knows that. The Bruins lost, probably in one of the most dramatic fashions I've ever seen in my life. Losing to Florida Panthers in Game 7, your best player is completely choking. One of the, if not the best all-around player of all time, laying an egg to the point where you're questioning his legacy. Is this guy even going to have his jersey raised in the rafters? Where before it was a surefire Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famer, Patrice Bergeron. Your world got turned upside down. How are you doing now, Tim? About a, about a week post. You know, the, the big the big game seven loss. Okay, this is what I've been worried about. And hello everyone. Thank you for coming back. This is what I'm worried about. Because I know you're just you're just picking at me right now and like it's all in good fun. But this whole thing with the Bruins is gonna be relived over and over again. We talk about training camp, who's gonna show up the summer, who's gonna be traded, signed, re-signed, whatever. Like, and it's all gonna be in the context of what happened last week. When we revisit the regular season, doesn't matter what happens during the regular season. Now, doesn't matter how good or bad they are. It's all going to be in the context of what happened last week when they entered the playoffs next year. 
who are they going to be matched up against? Does it matter? No, because it's all it's all going to go back to that. Every and I mean, I well deserved, but this is the part that I don't think people realize is like for Bruins fans, this is just the beginning of of this a long ongoing conversation about what this what this means historically for the future and past of this franchise. Maybe that's a little dramatic, but yeah, it's not going away. But the the funny thing is, there is light at the end of this tunnel. And the beautiful light that there is for the Boston Bruins, strangely enough, is the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> this this same Toronto Maple Leaf team, their fan base chanting for the Panthers to win in Game 7 versus the Boston Bruins. They're openly begging for the Florida Panthers to win so they wouldn't have to face the big bad Bruins, the vaunted Bruins. They They slayed one dragon in the Tampa Bay Lightning. They didn't want to have to do it again. They wanted an easy series. Kind of something to just, you know, bat around a little bit while we prepare for the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, lo and behold, they got their wish. They get the Florida Panthers. They don't have to face the President's Trophy winning, the best regular season team in NHL history, Boston Bruins. They don't have to face that team because they completely choked. All of their top players didn't come. Pasta, Marshawn, McAvoy, Patrice Bergeron. Charlie Coyle, Linus Olmark stunk. Friend of the show, Jeremy Swayman couldn't save them. Everybody stunk for the Bruins. John. Yeah. Someone right now is thinking, what episode is this? Did I already listen to this one? I've heard this all before. This is how you started the last few. You have to, you can't live in La La Land. You have to be in reality. That's what happened to the Boston Bruins. The Toronto Maple Leafs don't have to face them. They get to face the Florida Panthers. Don't look now. They're down zero to three. They are getting completely worked by the Florida Panthers, a team who is not far removed from winning the president's trophy. And I think everybody's seen the X's and O's. Everybody's seen the game. So we don't want to get into this. We we've all heard it. Matthews and Marner aren't scoring. They're getting outworked. Florida's just playing a better team game. The stars got to step up. Everybody's heard that. I don't want to regurgitate what everybody else says, because every time I look at an article, every time I turn on the radio or a clip or the TV or whatever, I don't have a TV. It's a lifestyle choice. But every time I, I ingest some Toronto Maple Leafs media, that's all I hear. I get it. Matthews needs to play better. Marner needs to play better. Nylander, Tavares, O'Reilly, all of them need to play better. Well, what do we focus on, Tim? We focus on why this is happening. And I have one answer for you. Well, it's it's actually a layered answer. It's the, It starts from the top. It starts from Brandon Shanahan and Kyle Dubas. Those two guys set the tone. Yes, Kyle Dubas is lauded for his moves. He brings in every player that Toronto media, the Toronto players want, excuse me. They get bounced a few years ago. We need grit. We, we bring in some grit. We get Kyle Clifford. We get Wayne Simmons. We get some grit. We get bounced again the next year. We need some more experience. We go out. We get you Patrick Marlowe. We get you Jason Spezza. We bring in Joe Thornton. We, we get some experience. Oh, that's not working. We need some more help on the back end. Okay, we go and get you help on the back end. We bring in Giordano. We bring in TJ Brody. We bring in, gosh, um, Jake Muzzin. That's not working. Oh, we need a new goaltender. Okay, we're going to revamp the goaltender. We bring in Ilya Samsonov. We bring in Matt Murray. We're going to revamp the goaltenders. Every time the players say they need something else, they get it for them. At the time, it seems great. But here's the problem. 
never once did Dubas or Shanahan look at the players who were asking for all these things and say, you know what? No. Find it within yourselves. You're the problem. You're the issue here. The reason we've been bounced six straight years in the first round isn't because we didn't have X, Y, and Z. It's because of you, Mitch Marner. It's because of you, Austin Matthews. It's because of you, Wheelie Nylander. You, John Tavares. And they didn't They didn't just put their foot down and say, no, you need to go out in the offseason and work harder. Oh, but we need to, we, we can't wear a suit to the rink. We, we need to feel relaxed. Suits don't fit our style. Okay, yeah, that's fine. You can wear your track suits to the rink, you guys. No, that's cool. That's cool. You can wear your track suits. Oh, we need more days off because our bodies are sore. Okay, you get more days off. Sure, that's fine. Whatever you guys need, more days off. Oh, we need we need music at our practice because it's not fun enough at practice. Let's play some music. Okay, we'll, we'll pipe in whatever. We want Justin Bieber. You guys are friends with the Biebs. We'll play Bieber at practice so you guys can have fun at practice. Every single demand that they had, they got it, Tim. And at what point... Do you say no to these guys? And I believe no one has ever told these guys no. And I know I say this a lot and I sound like an old guy on the porch. Get off my lawn. It's true. It's absolutely true. These kids are spoiled. They're entitled. And when adversity hits, they completely disappear. Absolutely disappear. So when they get by the Tampa Bay Lightning after the first round, good for them. Very undermanned Tampa Bay Lightning team playing without Victor Hedman's playing on who knows what was wrong with him. The guy was absolutely injured. Braden Point went face first into the boards. He was just almost dead. And he's playing. Vasilevsky played terrible. And they squeak by them winning three games in overtime at Tampa Bay. Rightfully so, only being the best team in one of those games. They squeak by that series when they were the worst team. They think it's going to get easier. We want the Florida Panthers. All of a sudden, they go into game one. Kachuk punches him in the face. Sam Bennett does the rock bottom on anybody he wants to because no one's doing anything. Radko Gudis is just dominating everybody. Everybody's afraid to go into the corner with him. And there's no pushback because they have never faced adversity and overcame it in their whole career. And that's the truth. You, you can say all you want. Oh, their skill. This is not their game. I don't care. We can, we can say it now. This is a bad hockey team. That's it. That's I, I'm tired of beating around the bush. I'm tired of just saying, oh, maybe next year, you know what? They need this. They need that. They have gotten everything they've wanted, Tim. Everything they've wanted for six years. Oh, our coach is too hard on us. Our coach, we don't like playing for Mike Babcock. He, he, he says things that we don't like. Okay, let's get rid of Mike Babcock, arguably the most famous coach on the planet. Let's get rid of him and bring in a player's coach, Sheldon Keefe. Okay, good. We're going to win. No, same team. Put up a lot of points. Good in the regular season. Suck in the playoffs. And they're doing it again. I don't know why we're all surprised. I don't know why this is groundbreaking news. I just think we have to put a stamp on the Leafs. They're a good regular season team. They're full of a bunch of spoiled brats who get whatever they want whenever they want it and the second it gets hard take care comb your hair i'm out of here they don't have it they don't have what it takes and it's crazy to say that a team with matthew kachuk sam bennett carter verhage is beating a team that has all world talents 
Rocket Richard Trophy winners. We got Selkie winners. We got arguably one of the top five or six defensemen in the league in Morgan Riley. A goalie playing on his head in Elias Samsonov. Not enough. Starts with the top. Shanahan Dubas set the tone. Trickles down to their spoiled brats players. Matthews, Martyr, Nylander. Needless to say, we're never going to get him on the show. That's I was just going to say, Matthews is never going to come on now. I could care less. Could care less. I wouldn't want the guy in the show. His personality probably sucks. I'll come on the show if you talk about how great I am. No, it's not going to happen. You're a fantastic goal scorer. One of the best in the world. That's it. And that's okay. You can be that guy. But when you're making $11.64 million, and you got zero points in three games in the second round of the playoffs, your total stat line in three games is two assists and dash two, Tim. That's it. I don't care what you do in the regular season. I don't care. I don't care at all. You can put up a hundred goals. If you don't score when we need you to score, what's what's the point? I did I I tallied up the points for all the all the good players in consequential games. Leafs down 0-2 to the Florida Panthers. Matthews, two assists. Tavares, nothing. Marner, one assist. Morgan Riley, three assists. I like Morgan Riley's game. Remember, I said two or three days ago. He's the most important Leaf, him or Marner. I stand by that. Morgan Riley is the most important Leaf. New Jersey Devils, same situation as the Toronto Maple Leafs. Down 0-2. to two. Getting dominated by the Carolina Hurricanes the first two games. It worked. 5-1, 6-1, I think the scores were. Didn't even, like, why even bother to play game three? It's been lopsided games. Going to game three, their top guys, Hughes, Hirshire, Plot, Hamilton, Jack Hughes, 2-2. Two and two. Two goals, two assists, four points, plus two. Nico Hirshire, one goal, one assist. Palat, one goal, one assist. Hamilton shut down D-man, dominated the whole game. That's what you need to do when you're the top guys. Everybody knows McDavid. Everybody knows Dreinsidel, what they do. They dominate. Eichel, Stone, Carlson, Peter Angelo. They dominate for the Knights. That's it. Robertson, Heiskanen, Joe Pavs. Those are the guys. When, when the rubber... Hits the road. Those are the guys you're going to. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Who we're going? We're going with Camp David Camp. That's our guy. Gustafson. That's that's our that's our, that's our guys. They're done. They might win one. They might win two games. This is it. This is the. This is their team. And and we weren't even going to lead with this. I it, it's just we got talking on the Bruins, who was the biggest collapse in sports history, and the <laughs> the blessing might be, is that it's going to get overshadowed by how just embarrassing this Leafs team is in the second round. It's utterly embarrassing the fact that they have to sit two days in Florida now, mm-hmm. and think about it. And the the funny thing is, they won't even phase them. I bet you they'll be at the pool. I bet you they'll be. You know what? It, it's not our fault. We're doing what we can. They, there'll be no accountability. They'll go out. They'll continue to live their lives and it won't affect them one iota. Not one bit, Tim. That's the sad thing about this team. They don't care. They don't care at all. Maybe Johnny T might lose some sleep. Maybe Riley might lose some sleep. You think Marner's losing sleep? You think Nylander or Matthews are going to care? They're going to go shop. They might hit the beach. Eh, they might get t- a picture taken at the beach. They won't go to the beach. They'll go have a nice dinner. 
They'll be at the pool at the, where do they stay in Florida? They stay at the the Ritz. Yeah, they'll stay at the Ritz. They'll go to the rooftop pool, which is impeccable. I've been there. It's fantastic. These guys, they don't have a heartbeat. I'm sorry. It, it is what it is. They're, they're a bunch of spoiled brats who just, they don't care. That's all. I know that was a long intro, long tangent. Did you have anything to add on this, Tim? You came ready to talk today. I love it. Uh, no, I, I mean, everything you said is is fair. And I, I like the analysis you made where like, okay, if you're down 0-2 and, and, you're, and you're playing, it doesn't even matter if it's at home or not. But if you're playing game three, you know Jack Hughes down 0-2 is going to have a big night. You know Dreisaitl is going to have a big night if he's down 0-2. You can say that for a lot of the superstars in the league. If, like Stamkos would have a big night. Braden Point, those guys. You don't know. You don't know with Marner and Matthews. Not only do you not know, you probably doubt it. You're like, I don't know. And I'm not saying like that Jack Hughes and Devils are going to guarantee a win, but you know Jack's getting on the board. You know he's leading by example. Even at, he's what is he, 22? And he's six five eight. Like, it's crazy. And so, yeah, I don't... I think it's all fair. And, and going back to the thing with, um, with Dubis, we have given him a lot of credit and I think he deserves it for the moves that he's made to make this roster better. And he, whether or not you think he's like responding to players about it, it's still his duty and his job to improve the roster and give them the best chance to win. And so he's, he's done that. And so is, is that, does that take away from you think he's being too reactive to what players say they are missing? You know what I mean? Like, do you think those, those conversations are actually happening and is it, or is it just implied? Like is Matthews at the end of the, season meeting last year saying, you know what, like, or Tavares, like, Hey, listen, Kyle, I think we, if we had this and this, we'll work hard and we'll come back next year better. Is, is that how the conversation happens or is it just like implied? Well, the, they listen to the interviews they give at the end of the season exit interviews with the media, and then they have their own individual meetings with the coach, with the GM. So I'm sure they go in and Dubas is a young guy and they probably have a really good relationship. So he goes, Hey bro, dude, What's the what's the issue? Why are we losing? And I'm sure they have a very frank conversation and they tell them, yeah, we didn't have good defense. You know, we, we need more help on the back end. Okay, well, let's we'll, we'll go get you some guys. We'll bring in Jake McCabe. We'll get G- Mark Giordano. We'll bring in Luke Shep. We'll bring in these guys to help shore up the back end. Okay, sounds good. Let's do that. Oh, our goaltender was bad, bad last year. You know, Jack Campbell, he blew it in the playoffs. Okay, you know, we'll go and try to figure that out. Sounds good. Oh, we are third and fourth line. They, you know what? They really weren't bringing it like we wanted to. Okay, we'll go get camp. We'll go get Noel Chari. We'll bring in Sam Laftery. We'll, we'll, we'll try to shore up that issue. But you mentioned Jack Hughes. When in the first round, when they were down 0-2 to the Rangers, what was his interview? They said, what's, what's the issue? Why aren't you guys winning? He's like, we suck. The Rangers are better than us. We need to play better. When have you ever heard anybody on the Leafs say that? When have you ever heard Matthews, Marner, Nylander, go to the podium and say, we were really bad. The other team is better than us. We need to play better. The issue is me. I played bad. It's It wasn't. It's always like, you know what? We got to be better tomorrow. Um, our backs are up against the wall. You know, we got we to gotta come, come tomorrow and do a better job. It's never, I played bad. I need to be better. There's There's a big difference there. Jack Hughes is 21 years old. He's a 21-year-old kid. It's been in the league three years. Like these guys, they'll never learn it. I've I, I have said this for years now with these kids. They're not the group. They're not. Like they're this isn't 
a process anymore like the Philadelphia 76ers were okay next year next year it's this year it was last year you guys like this is it this is as good as they're gonna get the Leafs you think they're getting better than this no how how are they getting better than this Kerfoot's going to be a free agent. Ryan O'Reilly's going to be gone after this year. Camp's going to want a pay increase. Michael Bunty's going to want way more money. This is the best team that Toronto will ever have right now. Right now. This, this, this is it. And they can't get by the second round. Maybe they'll win one game. Maybe two. You think they're going to win four? They're going to be the fifth team all time to come back from a three-rip deficit with Elias Samsonov as a big question mark. Justin Wall with this leadership group, it ain't happening. I'm sorry. We we need to just call a spade a spade. These guys are spoiled brats and they'll never win with this group. Say goodbye to Matthews. I was actually thinking about this uh, during the game. You should trade Matthews. Get get a massive haul for him. Trade Nylander. Get a massive haul for him. Build around Marner. Build around Morgan Riley. I like those guys. Even though Marner played like garbage, was turning the puck over left and right in game three. Everybody was. Build around those guys. Get rid of TJ Brody. That guy. Not good. No bueno. No bueno last game. The shutdown pairing. Him and Jake McCabe. Not so shut down. Not so shut down deep pairing. Those two guys are. But it's, you know. It is what it is. And then give credit to the Panthers. They played fine. All they're doing is dumping the puck in and pressuring and throwing pucks on that. It's if they're not reinventing the game. Toronto is a rush team that tries to get offense off the rush. They don't like giving up possession. Florida is a team that will dump it in, pound you through the boards, get the rebound or get, get the puck, go low to high, throw the puck on that and get the rebound and score. Unless they don't have to, when you give them a breakaway and there's a huge red sea parting in the middle of the ice and you give the guys breakaways all they want. But that's a whole other issue. That's just X's and O's. That's Sheldon Keefe area. So that's the Leafs and the Panthers. There you go. Right, Tim? Anything so the else? Series, the series is at 3 nothing now, and I know it's only happened like you can count on one hand basically where teams come back. Are you ready to say it's it's not going to happen this year? Zero percent chance? So the last team to do it was the LA Kings. They did it to the San Jose Sharks. The LA Kings had Anzi Kopitar, Jeff Carter, Dustin Brown, Drew Doughty, Jonathan Quick. Just high, uh, like really high character, hardworking players. You think the Leafs have that kind of character in their locker room? No, they don't. No, it's it's not happening. They might win one, and maybe two. They might get to three two. They're, this could even go to seven. I don't see them winning four in a row. I really don't. Bobrovsky's playing pretty good. Kachuk's playing great. Verhage's buzzing around. Panthers are playing fine. Friend of the show. Radko Gudis doing Radko Gudis things. So, no. Do you think they're going to win four? Are they the the Flyers from 2010 who beat the Bruins? Another low point for the Bruins. Unbelievable. Then I think there's a team in 1942. I think the Leafs did it in the Stanley Cup Finals. There's only four teams who have done it. Then the Bruins, that's the thing. The Bruins had the team back then, too. They They had some character. They let that happen to them. The next year, they won the Stanley Cup. So that they had some guys on that team who had character, you know, the Leafs don't have that. They have no character whatsoever. None. It's just the writings on the wall. It is what it is. You drafted these guys. You have to go to battle with them. But I think now we can say 
we need to try something new. If they lose game four, Dubas is gone, whether he wants to stay or not. I think if he wants to leave, he's going to go if they, they won't want him to stay. It, it'll be like, you're going to leave, right? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to leave. I'm like, okay, good, because we don't want you to stay. Sheldon Keefe will be gone. You have to have a whole regime change, mentality change. You have to change the way you play because it's not it, it's not working. And you think Matthews and Martin are going to want to do that? Trade them. Do you think that's like an attractive job for for coaches? Because there's a lot of coaches that are looking for jobs this summer. Do you think they want they look at this as like you know what? If I was in if I was in if I had the reins. I could just make X, Y, Z changes to the way they play and still a different culture and work ethic. And I think I can get them to the cup finals or something. Or do yeah. you think it's way too much? Do, do coaches think that way? Yeah, is, absolutely. Is Quenville think, thinking that way at, at point while he's playing golf today, thinking, you know what, if I had those boys, I'd take them on a run. Or is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think they, when you're a coach, you always look at things as a glass has glass half full where you're like okay you see the potential you see the good in every situation as a coach and you, you see this team like tim this team is great the individual talent on this team is second to none like the, on paper this team is the best team in the playoffs right now there's no team better they, they have every ingredient you want of a good team they have pretty good defense when you look at them individually the skills are there it's just when you put them together they they don't seem to gel so, yeah, I think this is a valuable job. You go into the biggest market in the NHL and you try to win a Stanley Cup. You, you're getting a statue in front of the rink if, if you win the Stanley Cup in Toronto. Like, it's it's just one of those things where it's a challenge. It's the Chicago Cubs, 100-year without a championship. You go in there. Who won it? Was it John Madden who won there? I don't know. One of the the – who was their manager? But, yeah, it's it's that type of deal in Toronto. But anyways – Moving on to the next series, the Leafs and Panthers have two days off to simmer and to kind of regroup. I think they will win the next game. Just game four, you think the Leafs will salvage one, get back to Toronto, lose it on home ice? That'd be great. <laughs> that would be great. No, I think they. I think I think the sweep happens. I do. To get swept, I saw a tweet. They're not even going to win a game in the second round. So was it? What is it like they were even there? <laughs> yeah, seriously, they made the yeah. second round. They didn't win a game. All right, moving on. Let's move out west. The other Canadian team in the playoffs right now, the Edmonton Oilers. Down one nothing to the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas handedly beat the Oilers in game one. Oilers bounce back. Response. Exactly what you want. And I'm not trying to do this, but it's just exactly what you wanted are your superstars. What Toronto could not do. Connor McDavid stepped up, dominated. Leon Dreinsidel stepped up, dominated. We have a 1-1 game. Dreinsidel has been the story of the playoffs. He has... Arm wrestled. If if it's possible to shy away from the greatness of Connor McDavid and to take from it, he's done it. Every single game I watched this team, I noticed 29. That's it. Yes, McDavid, there's bursts here and there. He's fast. You see him. He's like, whoo, he's gone. I think something's wrong with his hip. I know there was a video last round when they were playing L.A. An Edmonton beat reporter post, posted a video and like, oh, why would you do that? He's dealing with something. Ryan Seidel looks, we said it every show. The guy's a, he's a beast. He's up to 13 goals in eight games. He took over game two. He was the best player on the ice. Oilers whop him. What do you say? Molly whop him? Molly, Molly whop Molly, Molly whop him. Five to one. We're, we're one, one going back to Edmonton. What do you think about this series, Tim? If Drysdale had 13 points in eight games, we'd be talking about how good he was. We'd be like, man, this guy's on another level. He is just incredible. He's 13 goals. 
13 goals. It's crazy what he's doing. And again, yeah, there's this argument I saw online and I think, um, who was it? Jason, what's his name from daily face off? Yeah. Jump dumped on him, but someone was trying to make a point that, um, dry gets all these favorable matchups because he plays with McDavid. And if he was on another team, he'd be like a, a star, but not the player that he is. And I guess we might never know, but you can give him a lot of credit for what he's doing right now. And he just takes over games. Like every, he had four, he had all four goals in game one, right? Yep. Even though they lost six to four. And then he had another three or four points in game two. It's just crazy what he's done. Um, so game three tonight in Edmonton, heading back home. Do you like the Oilers in this game? This series will go to seven. I, I, I do like the Oilers and I like the Vegas. I think they'll split in Edmonton. It'll be two, two, and then they're going to bounce back and forth with home ice. And we'll see a game seven in Vegas. That's what I hope. This is a great series. It's fantastic. It'll be interesting to see who Vegas starts. I'm sure they'll go back to Brossois. I was surprised that Quick wasn't the backup. They put Aiden Hill in after Brossois got just bombed five goals, and they put Aiden Hill in. Why do you think Quick is not on the bench at least? Because he was stellar to finish the regular season. Maybe they're just doing him a favor saying we're not going to make you get dressed and be the backup goaltender and be ready all the time. If we need you, we'll let you start. You don't have to sit there and be a backup, but it was just a strange thing to see Aiden Hill. I don't know if that's been like that the whole playoffs. I I don't follow too closely on the backups, but yeah, very interesting thing. But yeah, I, I do think the Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights will split. This is such a good series. It's it's so incredibly fun. It, it's 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 nice to see two teams playing at a high level and going back and forth, and and you can see the skill there. Because you, I'm going back to it again. The Panthers-Leafs game was just sloppy all around. There was turnovers. There were icings. It was just a sloppily played game. In an NHL game, you should get two or three icings a game. That's it. There was two or three icings a period, if not more, in the in the Leafs game, it was sloppy, so incredibly bad. Luke Luke Shen couldn't hit the broad side of a barn with the pass. He was missing guys by seven feet. It was awful. Same with TJ Brody. All that aside, I feel like, gosh, I, I know I picked Vegas, but Edmonton, there, there's two very good teams going at it. It should not be a second round matchup. All that aside, though, the other series in the West, too, very competitive. Dallas Stars, Seattle Kraken. I did it again. I just completely undersold the Seattle Kraken. I said, you know what? It was a fun, it was a fun run. They beat the defending Stanley Cup champions. That's great. Maybe they, you know, got lucky. Huge upset coming into the Dallas Stars in the second round. A veteran laden team in the Dallas Stars made for the playoffs. A good team. Fantastic goaltender. Stars up front. No pun intended. Fantastic defenseman. All of a sudden, the Kraken team, they're not slowing down. They shellacked. Shellacked the Dallas Stars 7-2. to What happened to the, the days of old when playoffs, they were close? They were 2-1. to one. They were 3-2. to two. They were overtime games. 5-1 to one for the Oilers. 7-2 to for the Seattle Kraken. The Devils worked the Canes 8-4. to four. What's going on? Why, what's with the lack of competition? Let's just stay on this this game. Seattle dominates. They win 7-2. They go up in the series 2-1. What did Seattle do, Tim? That didn't surprise anybody. And what have they done all playoffs long? 
Well, they win as a team. And so in, in typical Kraken fashion, 12 different players had at least one point in this game. Nobody had three. So there's no one was dominating. They didn't rely on any one line, on any one player, on anyone, somebody on the back end. It was just over and over, rolling the lines, playing a, a simple game, bringing it every shift. And yeah, like Dallas couldn't, had no response for it. I mean, seven to two, it was four, not, it was, sorry, it was zero, zero after the first tight game. And then the second period opens wide up. It's four to one. And of course, um, on it goes. And so one of the things I was noticing too, was I, I said, I think after game one, Ottinger wasn't going to have another, another dud. He's not going to lay a goose egg in multiple times on the same series. And I was wrong about that too. I mean, seven goals. I don't, when was he pulled? I don't know how many he let in last night, but five, I believe it was a bunch. Right. And so I, I have a hard time with this too, because I didn't, I didn't take the Kraken seriously in the first round. I don't think many people did. I definitely did in this round. And I know we keep saying like, okay, it's time to start appreciating the underdog. I don't know how they're doing it. And I, I, what if they move on? Do you give them a chance against Edmonton or, or Vegas? Probably not, but then they're going to win that series too. Somehow it's crazy what they're doing. So yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. I still think Dallas, knock on wood, is going to come back and win this because I, I had them going to the final four, but Kraken look good. Yeah, it's amazing when you look at the stats, when you look at this roster makeup, their leading scorer in the playoffs is Yanni Gord. He's their shutdown third line guy. It's crazy. Yeah, he's the guy you're, you're, he's going out there and getting the hardest matchups. He's the guy who's lining up versus Robertson. You know what I mean? And he's leading this team with nine points in 10 games. So he, he's not crushing it but the balance the team play it just carried over just when you think they're not going to win they're they're going to run into a team that's just better across the board they don't they nail it Carson Soucy gets a sneaky goal through Ottinger's legs they just find a way to win but this I'll, I'll go back to what you said about the Dallas Stars they can play better that's the thing they 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 know they can play better so again, much like the Vegas and the Oilers series, I think this is going to be a long series. I think Dallas writes the ship. There's too much veteran leadership in that room. There's too much just character. I think Ottinger needs to play better. His rebound control was atrocious. His net positioning was terrible. This is not the goalie that we've known the last three years. This is not the all-star Jared Ottinger. So I think he figures it out. What a, what a bad luck on the first goal. Was it Heiskanen who took a shot right in the face? And it just drops yeah. down for his Seattle goal. I don't know what his status is, but he he was going to come back. But they basically said, "Well, the game was out of hand at that point, so they saw no reason to bring him back in the game." So he should probably be ready for the next one. Smart, very smart. But yeah, like like you said, I think this is going to be a long series. I think Dallas rebounds. I think they win the next game. There's only one game tonight, Knights Oilers, because the the scheduling in this playoffs is maddening. The Leafs have two days off between games two and three, and then two days off between games three and four. I don't know if they couldn't get the rink. I don't know what's going on, but it's just very strange. But there's one game tonight, two games tomorrow. Tomorrow, I think the Stars bounce back. Let's talk about the last series, Hurricanes-Devils. I mentioned Jack Hughes, Nico Hirshire, Palat, Dougie Hamilton stepping up, them getting themselves back into the series, two to one. They play tomorrow night. What do you think about this series, Tim? We'll do a quick wrap-up on this one. Well, it started just like the Rangers series where Carolina dominated the first two games and it seemed like the series was not over, but definitely stacked in their favor. 
And the Devils come back with a major statement win at home in game three. And like we mentioned a few minutes ago, you know, Jack Eichel is going to uh, Jack, Jack Eichel, Jack Hughes is going to show up when it matters. He had four points in this game. He was physical. He was wrestling, wrestling around with Aho and behind the net. Like he was just making his presence known all over the ice every time he stepped on the ice. And so, yeah, you had a really strong, like it's a, uh, it's a message. It's a bounce back game for the Devils. Timo Meyer scored his first goal of the playoffs finally. Could we could this be like the the, the dam bursting open for him? Because if he gets hot and he starts to come alive, you're shaking your head now. If he does, it has a whole new level no, no, whole another level <laughs> layer of offense to their team. Ugh. And so um yeah, I, I like this team a lot. I still think this I still think this one goes to distance, but I expect it to be very similar where they win the next one at home and then it kind of goes back and forth to game seven. Yeah, it's two good teams going at it. The Hurricanes are greatly coached, well-coached team. Now you got me talking gibberish, Jim, over here, Tim. <laughs> but yeah, it's just two good teams going up. But, it, you know, I look at the East. I had such high hopes for this division. And now all I watch is the Western Conference games. It's Toronto's let everybody down, not having Boston, not having Tampa Bay, not having the Rangers, not having the, the elite teams. The team that I want to win is the New Jersey Devils. I want to see them in the Stanley Cup Finals. I want yep. to see what these young kids can do. Don't act like you're a Devils fan now. Stop. You, you're a Jack Hughes I, fan. Yes, but I've been saying I've been saying it all along. You can't be a Bruins fan and a Devils fan. I had I had my final four was Bruins, Devils, and Stars, Oilers. You might get that final four. <laughs> Three out of four. Luke Hughes made his his playoff debut last night too. We got two assists, one of them primary. So pretty cool. Didn't look too bad for the young kid. I don't think you see him out of the lineup for the rest of the playoffs. So he's in. I don't think Timo Meyer is going to find his groove all of a sudden. He's, he still looks out of sorts out there. He, he doesn't look like he fits. What everybody thought was going to be a smooth transition. He's a big power forward. Exactly what New Jersey needed. Countrymen of Nico Hirshire, they're going to hit it off. It's just, it, it doesn't seem to fit. And this could carry over in the offseason. We'll see where he ends up. He's going to demand a big, huge contract. Moving into game four, it's a, it's another must-win for the Devils. They have to win. You can't go down 3-1 of the Carolina Hurricanes and expect to come back and win three straight. It it won't happen. They'll respond. They'll they'll play good. I don't see them winning 8-4. to four. I don't see them giving up three shorthanded goals somehow. I don't know how that works out, but... It's a fun series. I'm glad they uh, they bounced back. They played well. They're saying all the right things. They're doing all the right things. There's three really good series right now in the NHL. It's it's sad the Leafs are doing what they're doing, but it is what it is. It, it's good fodder. Before the show, I said it stinks that the Leafs are going to be out because it's so fun to talk about. There's just never endless amounts of things. But TJ Brody, oh, that guy. Why is he chasing Reinhardt behind the net? They teach that first day of being defensemen. Do you chase your man behind the net? No, you go in front of the net. In front of the net. Unless you're Leon Dreinside, I don't think you can score from behind the net. Last time I checked. That whole sequence was incredible. Like the way, first of all, credit to Reinhardt for holding onto the puck, slowing down, starting right. again. Like yeah. getting a lot of momentum quickly through players is not an easy thing to do that not a lot of guys can make it look as easy as he did. But on the other side of the ice, how does a player go untouched for that entire sequence? Like no one put a body on him. No one throws a, a whack at him, like nothing. And then he scores. Yeah. Well, the the shut, shut down D pairing. <laughs> yeah. Not so shut down. All right. Moving on some quick hits. One of my most favorite players to play against and to watch Mark Borowicki retired after a very long, very hard fought career. It looks like he put his face through a meat grinder 
He finally retires, 458 games played, 56 points, almost 1,000 PIMs. The guy fought anybody and everybody who asked. He was an absolute, never fought me, uh, absolute warrior. One of the few guys who you could say, that guy, that guy goes, you know, he's a gamer. He'll fight and he hits. He doesn't take any guff. He just looks like a tough guy. So he retired. Good career for him. It, it was uh, probably one of the last like hard nosed defensemen that I can think of. We just, you don't want to fight him. You, you would just give him his space. He didn't put up many points, but he was there to just keep the peace. So good for him. Do you know him, Tim, at all? <laughs> Not personally, no, but yeah, I'll, I'll echo all those things you just said. He fought Lucic three times in his career, Matt Martin three times, Tom Wilson three times, not to mention one or two bouts with basically all the heavies he played against, except for maybe you. So yeah, cool. Good career for him. Yeah. Another coach got fired. The New York Rangers let go of Gerard Gallant. There was some rumored animosity be him between him and the GM, Chris Drury, regarding lineup selection so there there was some issues there he got let go obviously you have to listen to the gm this isn't Moneyball with billy bean saying play my lineup gerard gallant wanted some guys in and chris drury wanted some guys out so he's out in new york he joins a long list of coaches who got axe we got sutter and calgary you got larson you got laviolette you got eakin dallas eakins lots of vacancies i think we'll maybe add one more to that list in the coming weeks once the toronto maple leafs get bounced from the playoffs i think kyle dubas is going to fire keith and there'll be one more lots of very just juicy coaching openings you got calgary you got the rangers and potentially the toronto maple leafs so playoff teams tim their coach is getting fired it's, it's a very rare thing the, the flames didn't make the playoffs i don't know why i just said that i still think they made the playoffs but Moving on. Tonight's a big night. It is a franchise-altering night for, for one lucky team. The amount of hype surrounding this guy, Connor Bedard, I don't even think Connor McDavid had the amount of hype that Bedard's getting. Regina Pats, World Juniors, the guy puts up points wherever he goes. Who's got the biggest, highest percentage chance to get this kid, Tim? Well, that's the Anaheim Ducks with 18.5%, followed by Columbus with 13.5%, Chicago 11.5%, San Jose 95 and Montreal 85 and so on down the list. So Anaheim is most likely going to get them, but 185 is not that much. Like, statistically, it's going to go to another team. But so who do you... I saw a good article this morning about basically every team that doesn't get them, that has a chance of getting them thinks it's rigged somehow against their team. Right. That's what all the fans think. So if Columbus doesn't get them. They think that like Gary personally made sure that they wouldn't get them somehow. Do you think there will be any, cause this is a franchise altering player. This is McDavid. This is Crosby Ovechkin. Do you think there'll be any foul play here? No, no, I hope not, but you never know. The thing with that is, if for there to be foul play, there has to be a bunch of people who know about it. And the news would have to get out at some point. Like, But I know why I got traded. It was orchestrated for me to be traded. That never got out there. There's people who know about that. So you never know. You, you really never know. But um, out of these five teams, Tim, which one do you think Connor wants to go to the most? And which one do you think he doesn't want to go to at all? Canadian Sharks, Blackhawks, Blue Jackets, Ducks. Yeah, that's a good question. 
I, I mean, I, I want to say Anaheim he wants to go to because it's basically LA. You got the warm weather. You're going to be like the stud there, but not a huge market, not a ton of attention. But then again, like to play for a Canadian team would be pretty special. To be the guy that puts Montreal back in the map would be a pretty special thing to resurrect the franchise that is the Chicago Blackhawks. Great quote from Patrick Kane the other day, by the way. He was asked about the possibility of going back there, and he said basically they're rebuilding. So, no. Um, does Bedard want to be the next superstar there for an original six franchise? And then again, San Jose, similar thing, California living. I like Columbus. I don't know where I, I don't know his personality enough. And he doesn't he's never really showed it. So you don't really know what he wants or what he's truly like. Because he's had his guard up since since he was such a young age. Columbus is a cool city, and he could be that guy in a sports town, in a sports state, without the pressure, without the attention, and be a hero. I don't know. What do you think? I just think hockey wise for him, I think the Ducks would be the best landing spot for him out of these five teams. I know Montreal would be fun. There's a lot of good forwards there. The pressure would be a lot, but I think hockey wise, you can go to a team with a lot of good young talent. You know, Zegers is there. They got Drysdale. They got some of Isaac Lundstrom. They have some high end guys there. So that's my top. I think my lowest one would be, unfortunately, do I say the San Jose Sharks? I don't know because they, they have a lot of potential too, but they have a lot of bad contracts. Probably the Sharks or the Canadians are the two that I wouldn't want to go to. It'd be fun to go to Chicago. Like you mentioned, they have the history. They still have a lot of potential because of the zero cap space they carry going into the future other than Seth Jones. So, yeah, but I think the Ducks are my my highest. I'd, I'd want to go there. It'd be fun to go play with those young kids. So those five teams I just read are the top five teams based on chances. Number six is Arizona, 7.5. So 1% less than Montreal. But... Arizona has Ottawa's first pick, which is 2.5. So they technically have a 10% chance, which would put them at number three or four. If they go to Arizona, you know what everyone's going to say, right? Yeah. This is Bedman. This is Bedman. Will you, will you be one of them? Yeah. Yeah, because I don't, I don't like Gary Bedman. But the good thing is he wouldn't be in Arizona for long because <laughs> I think they'll be gone. Like they're, I think they last two more years in Arizona before they're gone. It's just, it's unsustainable. I don't think they're getting a new rank. It's all smoke and mirrors. They need to just get out of that city as quick as they can. Just like the uh, Indiana, Indianapolis Colts did in the night, take them to Baltimore. Just get out of there. Get out of Arizona. All right, everybody. That's it. Anything else, Tim? Uh, No, we'll be watching tonight. Like you said, franchise all during night for at least one team tonight. So pretty cool. It will be fun. Check out the hockey game. Oilers nights. We'll be with you guys on Wednesday to recap all the fun stuff. So have a good night and we'll talk to you later. Cheers. Thanks for listening to dropping the gloves with John Scott, a member of the nation network of podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.